I unfortunately will not will not see the the game. I will be on an airplane coming back from San Francisco uh, and recording it. Can't you watch it live in the plane? Uh, I suppose I could. I don't know. You can log on uh, to that uh, Delta Wi-Fi. Yeah. You're, flying, you're not flying United, are you? No. No, because they don't have to drag me off an airplane. You offer me $800. You know what I'm doing? I'm walking off the airplane like it's my job. I guess you could say a lot has happened since our last upload of a podcast. North Carolina wins the NCAA basketball tournament. The dogs are finishing up spring practice. Atlanta's roadways are falling apart. And United Airlines has lost about a billion dollars of valuation after a little passenger incident a couple of weeks ago. (laughs) Regardless, it's been over a month for us. But if you're a college sports-centric podcast that takes off about four weeks of production, might as well be in the month of April. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 86 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. Today, my co-host Tony Waller and I come to you from the Tailgate Georgia store in downtown Athens, where they will be hosting all kinds of events throughout the week leading up to G-Day on Saturday, April 22nd. As for our third man in the booth, Will Leach, he did not join Tony and me on this recording. He was on assignment to provide his perspective of the Braves' new ballpark and has been traveling Atlanta's roadways for a week in order to get to SunTrust Park on time. That's a little joke there. Line of traffic falling apart. (laughs) So, yes, you will hear from Mr. Leach as he reports on his opinions from the press box of the Braves versus Padres game. So I hope you enjoy our return to the airways, or more accurately, your podcast player, how you hear us. We'll discuss the G-Day game, red versus black as they're calling it, I think, The Braves' encouraging start, the Diamond Dogs' downward spiral, and we'll have some Georgia football trivia and a bunch more. Wow, this introduction thing is kind of hard when you've been out of practice for as long as I have. So uh, without further ado, let's get into the show. Wow, it's been three weeks, right? It has been a while. I think three weeks is being generous. Yeah. I don't remember when it was. uh, It it was uh, right right before uh, St. Patty's Day. I had hair. That's how long it's been. It's been a while. It's been a while. But um, so it's just the two of us today over at Tailgate Georgia because Mr. Will Leach. Do, do you know where he is? Will I assume is at a baseball game since that's what he does for a living. Actually, I think he is at SunTrust Park. My guess is He's he left this morning. He left this morning, and uh, we're currently recording this about four forty-five. And although I, I, you know, I went and I, I, I sent a little something, and I, I never played it. I'm glad you didn't because I, I went back and listened to it two or three times, and I realized I was. There were a couple of things that, that happened with the Georgia, the Georgia-Missouri game. I went over for that, and uh, the traffic was a mess. It was an hour Uber ride from Brookhaven. Um, they were just figuring things out. But I think the other part about it is that it's a general mission baseball game, uh, which has, has its own set of issues, with 33,000 people there, which, again, in a stadium holds 42,000. As you might imagine, the lower concourses were packed up, and the whole time I'm thinking, good God, they're never this is going to be a disaster. Now – the reports out of the Braves games, uh, especially after Friday night, uh, is that it has gotten better. Traffic is still bad, as you might imagine it would be. And it's only getting worse after what happened today. <laughs> after what happened today. Actually, it's probably a good thing because it's not at Turner Field. Yeah, but they only had mass transit in Atlanta. I know. I know. Um, what I'm speaking about, the I-20 collapse. You know, yeah. we had the I-85 collapse a couple of weeks ago, and now I-20 is broken. So It's like the best guerrilla marketing campaign for Marlin in the world. But, you know, the getting back to SunTrust Stadium, it's the traffic is, is what you would expect it to be if you were to drop a stadium uh, at the corner of Windy Hill, I-75, I-285, and 
in Cobb Park, South Cobb Parkway. It's just it's a mess. It's it's a regular mess there every day anyway, but it's a mess when you put a stadium trying to get forty two thousand people in there. The upside is is that the seats are closer to the field. Overall, it's a little better fan experience. The concourses are more open on the first level. You can see the entire field from the concourses. There is allegedly a water feature. I have to assume the Chattahoochee is, is running dry, according to. Is the Hank water Jr. feature as nice as Clemson's and soon to be Alabama's water feature? Um, well, the water feature is in the outfield, not in the locker room. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Hey, that's a good time to segue. We're playing some spring football, aren't we? Well, I figure what we'll do is we are, just to kind of recap what we're doing, because uh, we, we are a little rusty, because Tony and I have not done this in a long time, and it's it's kind of feels like when you take about three weeks off at the gym and you get back in there and you're not really sure what you're doing. Yeah, that um, sounds like a thing I would know about. But this is uh, G-Day week. It is. And so I figured I would t- I, that we, not, not, not just myself, but we would touch on the red versus black. They're not calling it 93K Day. They're calling it red versus black. Also wanted to touch on the Braves and the new stadium. And Tony just kind of introduced it. But you're getting a lot of mixed, mixed reactions to it, whether or not people like it or they, they don't. And a lot of people say it looks a lot like Turner Field, which I've seen it on TV, and it kind of sort of does, uh, if that's your thing. I also wanted to get into, quickly, UGA Baseball. I think that is kind of an issue that's going on, it seems like. We won't touch much on that. Uh, We will not spend much time on that. Then, uh, real quickly, the SEC clear bag policy that's now in effect, uh, and it will be in effect for uh, the G-Day game, the December signing period, the 10th full-time assistant, and Yante Maton. So I guess we have, what, 20 minutes worth of stuff to talk that's about? Right. So that's let's, right. Let's do it. So jump right on in. Red versus black, G-Day. Kind of give, give us kind of an update on uh, injuries or uh, any kind of accolades you've heard about the offense or the defense. Well, if you listen to Kirby Smart, our offensive line is going to be um, as good as the Washington Redskins hogs were. And our defense is going to look like uh, as bad as our offensive line did last year. You know, parsing through that, I think our offensive line is simply improved. Um, I don't I'm not one of these that can't be worse because it can be worse. That's 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 the false statement. But the thing I think I like that that I like is there is a lot of guarded but glowing reviews of Jacob Eason's command of the playbook and his ability to just like to really pick up things that we we weren't seeing this time last year, as you might imagine, a year more uh, years worth. Of you experience. think the competition from Jake Fromm is inspired that that's an interesting point i mean i think part of it is that i think part of it is that you now have a um you have an increase in it's just his general knowledge and comfort with the playbook the coaches the lingo and the speed of the game the biggest knock on jacob easton coming out of high school is that he played in his top level high school in washington state was still washington state it was very much a it wasn't quite the Hal Mummy past happy offense, but it was pretty close. He played nearly 95% of the snaps out of the shotgun, basically a quick check read offense. And that that's hard if you are going to play, even if now you... Now go into a pro style. Go to a pro style. Even if you... And we did play a lot of snaps, a lot more snaps than I gave credit for. Bill Conley, SB Nation, had a uh, breakdown of how many snaps he played out of shotgun. He had a lot more snaps out of shotgun than I would have thought. What, last year? Last year. But still... When you go from playing all of them to less than half of them out of shotgun, it's, it changes everything. It changes timing. It changes rhythm. So what we saw out of, out of Jacob Easton last year is uh, a muse-bouche, if you will. Uh, a little uh, – it's a, it's a food word, meaning a cl- little palate cleanser, a little time to – like just okay. to keep, tide you over between the salad and the soup. Okay. Um, 
I think the offense was ranked pretty low. I think like number eleven and <clears throat> passes at ten or twenty yards or more yeah. or something. So that, that's probably an explanation. But wouldn't you say that? I mean, even think back on Georgia history at quarterback sophomore years have been pretty good. David Green yeah. in two thousand two wins an ICC championship after yeah. going eight and four the previous year. Yeah, you know, I think the I think the interesting thing is that if we hold serve at defense and our offense reverts back to the mean for Georgia's offense. And you can't really do it that way because you have different coaching staff, different personnel. But even if it reverts back to the mean of the talent, I think we'll be fine. Um, I think the defense needs to be better at some things, and we'll talk about that. I'm sure we will plenty over between now and August. But uh, if we're going to be in a position to really take the step that I think a lot of people think we will or, or want us to, defense has to be much better at certain things, including getting off the field deep inside your own territory. But when you sit down and look at what you're hearing between what you're hearing about Nick Chubb, what you're hearing about the possibility of moving, moving uh, Sony Michelle out to wide receiver and slide a couple, of, you know, couple times, uh, a couple times a series of game, get and him ten looks. Hardeman uh, with what Hardeman's doing, right? I mean, even look like Hol- Holman's going to get some some serious looks at wide receiver. If that's happening, I feel okay about our wide receivers. And then offensive line has you know, shows improvement of any sort. Our offense is going to be fine. I mean, can it be like really good? Yeah, I think it can be. But so much depends on the offensive line. And frankly, until you put shoulder pads against shoulder pads and line up and, and play game speed, uh, Saturday is it's hard to take a lot away from a lot of it's hard to take a lot away from Coach Speak. Right, and I think anybody other than Adrian Peterson. It takes about 18 months to recover from an injury like Nick Chubb had. And it's going to be about it's about 18 months now. And so that's why you're possibly hearing like, hey, he's even looking better than he did at the end of last season when it seemed like he was kind of getting it starting to click a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, when you sit down, you're talking about uh, you talk about the running back situation and and Chubb. I mean, Nick Chubb can make a lot of really good defensive players look bad. So there could be some of that. Now, get on the defensive side of the ball. I, getting ready for today, I had forgotten just how stout our front seven's going to be. We got five potential, five potential SEC starters in the front three between Atkins, Thompson, Rochester, so Thompson Carter. I think so. I, they, I think, I think if he were not coming back, we would be hearing a lot less speculative talk about him coming back. He has the potential to come back. Is he, he is academically where having a semester off won't hurt him and on progress. Uh, and if it if it does, he, he'll have to he'll have to make it up in the summer. I'm sure that's a conversation they're having. Um, my hope for Thompson is that, you know whatever led to what happened that night over at Joe Frank Harris Commons has has remedied itself. I mean that's what you really hope for the kid. Sure. And then you look at our linebacker core, uh, Bellamy and Lorenzo Carter coming back. I mean the two the two running backs got the most pub but I think that was as important long term for the program because we have a lot of young guys to play behind them but I mean, they're going to be your senior leaders on yeah. defense and then you know Roquan Smith Reggie Carter and Tate Crowder and the, and the inside linebackers Roquan Smith's probably our best pass defending inside linebacker we've had in a number of years and I'm a big I'm a big Ramik Wilson fan love the guy but he was a liability at times on pass defense um you know not necessarily not necessarily going to get you hurt. It's just he just couldn't cover the field the same way Roquan Smith can. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, what, what you pay attention to this stuff. What's been your favorite part? What are you looking forward to seeing Saturday? The red jerseys versus the black jerseys. <laughs> I mean, it's all. 
I mean, that's all I'm thinking about. <laughs> I'm so glad that they're going to have the black jersey. And because in the past, they call it the red versus black game, but I'm always struggling because they're wearing white jerseys, but yeah. they're calling it red versus black. So that always kind of had bothered me. So now it's going true to form. So that's I, what I'm excited about. I swear to our listeners, I did not set him up to talk about uniforms. I really didn't. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think one of the things that's going to be interesting to me, and they're going to play ones versus ones, which I like. I personally like. I think that's good. And for those of you wanting to know, I'm sure most of you, anybody listening to this knows that the offense is going to be wearing black yep. and the defense is going to be wearing red. And they, they had like a, a video they released to show, I don't know, they flipped a coin or was That, that was on the Instagram, right? Yeah. I think that's yeah. where I saw it. So uh, speaking of, we have Instagram now. We do. The right, only reason we've I know that, it. I know we've had it. I just got back on Instagram. So At WSLS Podcast on Instagram. Yeah. So it's going to be fun. I, I unfortunately will not will not see the the game. I will be on an airplane coming back from San Francisco uh, and recording it. Can't you watch it live in the plane? Uh, I suppose I could. I don't know. You can log on uh, to that uh, Delta Wi-Fi. Yeah, you're, flying, you're not flying United, are you? No, no, because they don't have to drag me off an airplane. You offer me eight hundred dollars. You know what I'm doing? I'm walking off the airplane like it's my job. <laughs> That's the thing. They offered people eight hundred dollars. I mean, I would have been gone. Yeah, I my. My pain point's a lot lower than that, but I, I you know, I, do we want to wade into that controversy? Well, United shouldn't have dragged the guy off, right? No, I agree. But, I, but you know, I heard some people this morning saying, "Well, yo, you paid. That's your seat. No, that's a lawyer. It's, Let me it's say, United's you have a license for that seat, and it's a revocable license. So now, United handed it horribly. If people will come off the plane, you just you raise the price until somebody volunteers. So that's, right. that's just the way it goes." And frankly, eight hundred dollars is enough. It's enough. It's uh, I'd been walking up. Yeah. And he only had to go. To, if the plane was going to Louisville, Kentucky, I know you could have driven there. Five hours. It's a five hour drive. Yeah, I'd be out there thousand bucks a thousand bucks in a rental car, and I'm off this thing. I'd have been like, yeah, yeah, eight hundred and a handle from your duty free shop. Yeah, I don't need a handle. Just give me send me a something to the where Chicago. Yeah, there's nothing. Deep dish. The Chicago airport. Uh, it's the Chicago airport food options are are bad. Although well, the chilies there and the old and the American Eagle Terminal. Uh, I've had a lot of interesting conversations uh, there. So okay, at the Chili's. At the Chili's. All the right. Chili's too. The Chili's too. Oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah. The, the speed version. The speed Chili's. Chili's. Yes. Yep. Yes. Um, so speaking of food, they're also touting the food at, and I'm kind of going back to the Brave Stadium. I know Terrapin has a, a pub there. They're going to be they touting. Do. They got the new Chop House and everything. Hugh Atchison has a, a place. Hugh Atchison. Yes. Yes. He has a place there, right by the Terrapin place, actually. Um, they also has some sort of like vegan grass fed. I don't know how you do this, but sausage cart. And I'm, I didn't understand. They probably it. have some gourmet popcorn as well. But you know, Will Leach is going to be sending a report because he's at the Braves Padres game tonight, and he's going to send a report about his opinions, his official professional opinions of uh, SunTrust Park. And so we're going to patch that in about right now. All right. So this is Leach. Coming to you from the press box, actually just outside the press box, here at SunTrust Park, the new home stadium of the Atlanta Braves. I made it here in plenty of time for opening pitch here at 7.30 on a Monday night, mostly because I left at noon on Sunday. He didn't take that long, but I can say that I left exactly at 3 o'clock, assuming I would get ahead of the major traffic on 285, and I got to the stadium. Actually, that's not true. I got to my parking spot, a 15-minute walk from the stadium, around 4.55. So that is what you're looking for. Suppose that there was an accident on 285, but as we all know, there is always an accident on 285. 
Anyway, so the stadium itself is nice. It is an undeniable improvement on Turner Field. It is well lit. It's some good sight lines. The food is better, including a Hugh Atchison first and third hot dog and sausage shack right as you go in one of the main entrances. Very nice. As I said, there's a Terrapin tap room, which is very nice. Lots of good stuff here. I enjoy this place quite a bit, actually. The question is, of course, getting here. <laughs> and, and the fact is, one of my biggest pet peeves of par- uh, parks is uh, any stadium, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, whatever, is when they build something that is very far away from anything else. And, of course, that is very much what this place is. It is far away from everywhere you would actually want to go. Now, Turner Field had a little bit of this problem, uh, though I would argue it was still closer to downtown where there were things. But here, like Kansas City, like the former Detroit Pistons Stadium where I was just last week, this is very much you are at the Braves complex rather than going to a Braves game and then doing something else. There's a lot of nice stuff here. Uh, It's a little bit of a Frankenstein's monster of a stadium. A little bit of this park, a little bit of that park. But it's a pleasant experience. It's a nice place to see the game. But then you will want to leave afterward, and it will take you forever to both get out of here, where there is very little parking, and to get home. So my review of SunTrust Park is that it is a, a, if you can make it once you're inside the stadium, very nice, very lovely, a good experience. Before and after, less so. Anyway, excited to get back with you guys. Hope everybody enjoyed the show. We will see you next time. I'll be out there at G-Day this, this, uh, this Saturday with my children. Uh, one of them is five and one of them is two, which means we will be there for roughly five to ten minutes. But we will be there to show our support. All right. This is Willie reporting for the WSLS podcast. So those are Will's opinions. I had not previously heard them. Um, That's a really hot take. And it's, it's, hard, it's hard to argue with what he just said because he did it in the past or the present or the future or something like that. But moving on from that, he just left Yankee Stadium over the weekend. And I, I, I warned Will that I was going to wade into this a little <laughs> bit. Uh, he, went, he, he flew to New York with his dad to watch his beloved Cardinals play the Yankees, and the Cardinals got swept a little bit. And uh, I was on Fox. More than a little bit. <laughs> I, was, I was on Fox Sports uh, this morning looking up some baseball things, and it, 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 was, it was a little bit offensive to me. The Braves, if they beat the Padres tonight, will be 500. They will be won five in a row and be back to respectability at 500 with the Nationals coming in. The Cardinals are three and nine and look horrible, and yet Fox Sports ranks the Braves as like the 27th best team in baseball and the Cardinals 18th. Is it too early? Um, I, I, you know, look. I mean, I'm not a baseball guy. Over the time, over the course of a season of baseball, at least, um, what you end up with is with 162 games. Any 12 game stretch can be it can't can be non illustrative, right? So what you end up with is that. The Braves are a 500 team. Right. Right. I know they're, that the Cardinals are better. I they're five like and six. No, I like gig and will, and I get that. But they're five and six, right? They're undefeated at home. But if you look at what they did last year, they had they were really good at home compared to their, their record. They're like, you know, they were under 400 on the road. Right. Um, so, and and you know, that's how they are right now. That's how they are right now. I mean, well, they're, they're right. But you end up, you win, you go 60% on the road, and I mean, you, I mean, you have 40% on the road and go 60% at home. That's how you end up at five hundred, right? Right, and that's that's you know, frankly, I think I think that's what the, where the Braves will be. Now, I am not as a, as two follower of baseball as Will is, obviously, um, but 
the Cardinals did not look good. Their middle relief is. I think is, Wainwright might be on his. He might be waning. Or well, I think Adam Wainwright. Way. I mean, he's he's gotten older, and he he threw the ball really hard for a really long time over the early part of his career. Um, so we'll see. Um, is he a Georgia guy? He is from Brunswick. Okay. Uh, yeah, from Brunswick, Georgia. Uh, I, I get him and Madison Bumgarner confused because they're both from the South and they both play somewhere else. Yeah, Bumgarner's from Leesburg. Is that right? Maybe. Yeah, I think so. Uh-huh. Either way. But, you know, the Cardinals are going to be 500 also. <laughs> there you go, that's, Will. There you go, Will. So. A team, a baseball team that's not 500 is uh, UGA baseball. I mentioned that we were going to kind of touch on this at the beginning. Uh, it's been kind of distressing because I think back to – what, 10 years ago, back when Georgia baseball on even-numbered uh, years would go to the College World Series, basically. Uh, yeah. I think 08 was the last time they were there. That's when they lost that heartbreaking uh, two-out-of-three series to Fresno State. Yeah. Well, the, the, sorry. Your phone is really interacting with the podcast. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, Georgia's, Georgia's 15-22 and 22 overall. They're 4-11 and 11 in the SEC. They just got housed by Arkansas over the weekend. And it's not that there's really that many great teams in the SEC. You know, Clemson has lost four games. I mean, the ACC has a lot of good teams. Uh, Oregon State is number one in the country. In the SEC, there's no world beaters around you. Of course, you got Arkansas, who has a single digit in law. I think they've lost like eight. But everybody else has lost double digits uh, overall. Uh, you know, Kentucky, Auburn, Florida, Mississippi State, they're all decent teams. And Georgia can still not find a way to get over the hump. I don't, I don't know really what the answer is or if uh, Strickland has the answer. Well, the part of the problem with Georgia right now is that they are absolutely terrible at, at scoring guys. We, I mean, we had, what, lost 11-4 in that last game against Arkansas. What, eight, 17 guys on base, maybe? Don't score them. And, you know, that's... Oh, they, they, I think they tie for the lead and hitting in a double plays. Yeah, that sounds that sounds that's right. That's going to do it to you. That sounds right. Um, you know, Arkansas is a really, really good baseball team. Um, even though they are, you know, what eleven and four in the conference, they're the only team with uh, single digit losses. The conference is uh, very even. I guess the right mm-hmm. way of putting it. Uh, you don't have three or four superstar teams like you've had in the past. Even um, Vanderbilt has kind of come back down to earth. Yeah, Vanderbilt's like 14-9 and nine and above, uh, you know, 7-8 and eight in the conference. The, so the, so what, what, how does Georgia get back to, I mean, because when you think Georgia baseball, it, it, you know, you're thinking 1990 World Series appearance, or, you know, champion. Yeah. You know, and then those World College World Series back in the mid, or the early 2000s. Well, you know, I, I think the question a lot of people are asking is Scott Strickland, the guy that's going to be able to do it for us. I mean, we're a year five, right? I think so. Um, and the the hard part about what you see is there's not been that improvement that you think you would see. The other part about it that is concerning is that it's a different problem every year. Mm-hmm. Um, last year it was pitching. Granted, having your one and two starters injured changes the math on everything. And we've had a couple of injuries, but it's not been the same. I like Scott Strickland. I just, you have to wonder at some point when you, how far you can go down this road and say this is this is okay it's just a little bit frustrating i mean i think a lot of georgia fans feel the way i do when you when you look at maybe some major sports that you follow and pour your heart and soul and even money into with that being football and basketball and then you can go into baseball and it's almost like okay i'll give it a year okay i'll give it two years and then it's just constant like you look at all these other teams that are finding success and finding long-term success or even short-term success like South Carolina and basketball this year. And it's like, when's our turn 
coming around again. That's kind of a little bit how I feel. I'm still patient because I understand it's basketball and baseball and football. It feels like it's really on. Uh, what's the what's the term in craps? It's on the come. Yeah, you're yeah. you're betting on the come. Betting on the come. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I just looked at at, at, Strick, at Strickland's record. He is currently uh, in his fourth season. Really going to have to start huffing it if we're going to end up with a winning record. Has no winning records at UGA. Uh, best record is twenty seven and thirty. A couple of twenty six win seasons the year uh, two years before that. And never had uh, worse than a 33-win season when he was at Kent State, including four NCAA regional and a College World Series appearance. Um, and the thing that a lot of people really liked about him, the thing I liked about him is that you know he had been a tech guy and a Vanderbilt assistant and recruited that East Cobb baseball pipeline. And that's still not happening the way we thought it would. And that's... Um, you can recruit other places, and that's fine. But you got to recruit other places if you're not recruiting Georgia baseball. Uh, and it's not that we're getting terrible players; it's just we're not quite getting the guys that are able to do to, to be there. And then you add in the. So you're you, saying Josh Fields isn't walking through that door? Well, I mean, I think it's possible we have a Josh Fields on the roster, but that gets to my second point: is like, are we developing them? Right. Um, and again, you know, look if it were. Perno had problems, right? And there were things outside of baseball he had problems with. But the knock on Perno, which was probably always right, is that he liked to tinker with his pitching staff too much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a different problem every year with, with Coach Strickland. And, and that, so it's hard to fix. So it's, it's, hard, it's hard to fix. And I, like I said, I like Coach Strickland a lot. I, I was hoping this was the year because I thought we had some I thought we had some stuff going for us. We looked pretty strong at the start of the season. Uh, you know, a couple How'd of, they look against Missouri over at SunTrust? <laughs> good until we got guys on base. I mean, you know, they lost six to one or six to two or whatever the score was. I don't remember now, but you know, we look fine until we got people on base. And I don't know whether we're pressing. I don't know whether I don't know if they're coaching. I don't know what they're doing. But yeah. you're leading the conference in in double plays. That's that's a that's a killer. Yeah. All right. So uh, I think that's kind of enough about uh, UGA baseball. It's kind of making me. <clears throat> <laughs> a little bit a little bit sad um and you know it is an exciting week because it's uh, red versus black that's what they're calling it and i wanted to get thomas to come in here because they've got a lot of exciting things a lot more exciting than you and me sitting in here and uh oh yeah yeah sit over there thomas is uh but you've heard him before on on this podcast so thomas is here and he's going to kind of fill us in on everything that tailgate georgia has going on this week leading up to g-day and will's not here so we're going to give you complete props when you're done Awesome. <laughs> well, thanks for having me back. Uh, so, like uh, y'all both said, we have quite a lot going on this week. So, for G Day, we're going to have D- David Green and DJ Shockley, uh, two of Mark Rick's first quarterbacks in the store, uh, signing. So, oh, they're D- signing. They're not just going to be here. They're going to be know. signing stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can can they sign tailgate purchased shirts? Definitely. Okay. Yeah. So, are you going to let? Greeny sign things first and then have DJ come in and so DJ is actually going to be here before the uh, the game on Sunday. Nice. I got DJ's that. Start yeah. first. I got that. Thank you. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> in case you can't hear, the phone's ringing off the hooks it's here like at Thomas, Tailgate, Thomas Georgia. Got to go answer that. Yeah. Got to go put some orders in. It's like um, we're running a telethon here. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you know the funny thing is, the guy, your your kids asked me, "Okay, are you going to buy those shoes?" 
There is a spectacular pair of red and black vans over my shoulder that I've already been told that I can't. Did you tweet it I out? I can't buy. I have not tweeted it out. I tweeted it out. Hold on. I'll, you can't buy it? Why can't you buy it? I, I'm, I've been put on Are a shoe. Old? I've been put on a shoe diet. No, I'm not too old for those Are shoes. Hold on. Hold on. Let's see here. Watch this. We're going to, this is some live, this is some live podcast tweeting. And um, that, you know, the, the, the stuff in here really is awesome. We were at the Santa Rosa Beach over the, ho- over the Holloways, over the spring break, and I had a, my, my tailgate Athens shirt on, and people were like, where is that? What is this place? I was telling them all about it, and they're like, we have got to go there. And you're coming to town this week for G-Day. You have got to get in here because the stuff is amazing. Uh, where should I resume here? I guess I was talking about David Green DJ Shockley. Okay. So DJ Shockley is going to be in the store um, from 12 to 1.30 before the game on Saturday, and we'll have David Green in store after the game. We do have a few other events going on this week leading up to G-Day. So we'll be at Omni Club on the 19th. That's Wednesday before G-Day. Which uh, Omni? There's two of them. I East side, probably west side. Probably west side, I, yeah. Do you have social media that people can subscribe to and find out? We do. We're on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, I tried out the, and Twitter. the spectacles. They have, they have Snapchat for all you millennials out there. They have Snapchat spectacle, spectacles in the store. And I tried them on, and I actually took a couple of uh, snaps with them. Right. Does, that, actually does that mean anything to you, Tony? I mean, I know what spectacles, I know what Snapchat is. <laughs> yeah, you put those two together and you get these uh, type of glasses over there that you can record on from uh, your own personal point of view. But I, I digress. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm stealing Thomas's thunder. No, actually, on those Snapchat spectacles, we're actually doing a raffle for those in-store. Uh, for every $50 you spend, you will get an entry into win those Snapchat spectacles, and that'll be going on through April 27th. So nice. still got some time to come in the store and enter for that. Let's see. Also, we've got the Hargret uh, Rare Book and Manuscript Library coming to the store on Thursday before G-Day. That's the 20th, and they'll be in here with a bunch of old vintage gear, some signed footballs, some signed helmets, I think. So, Stuff you can buy? Uh, no, it's all, unfortunately not. It's all just <laughs> reviewing, but you can come, come in and check it out. It's, it's okay. All, all some cool stuff. And then, let's see, we'll be at Indigo Child downtown on friday the 21st we'll also be having some tailgate gear in there so stop in check out indigo child they've got some great great clothing and where is indigo child and what is it it's also downtown it's another clothing store oh, okay um I, d- I just didn't know yeah i've got guitars all over the walls in there it's where's it located inspired i'm not sure which I'm street it's around the corner yeah. you're around broad just right around the corner there i got you yeah we also so we also have one more deal going on in the store today. Um, any we've had a lot of touring students obviously coming into UGA. You know, there's a lot of freshmen, incoming freshmen that have been getting accepted to the college. So we're doing a deal for them. Any student that comes in here that's touring, there is a Georgia Bulldogs T-shirt that we have for only twenty dollars. So that'll go out to all you parents of students that listen to this podcast that are having new dogs come into town and you get a $20 t-shirt waiting for you here at Tailgate Georgia. So mm-hmm. yeah. thanks, Thomas. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, y'all, I hope you have a big crowd on G-Day. I imagine you will with Greeny and DJ in here. Yeah, we're expecting it to be crazy. Two <laughs> SEC championship winning quarterbacks. There you go. Yeah, Absolutely, so, from the early 2000s. Too, cool. too long. It's been Tom, too, you did great. I don't care what Will says about oh, you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you did great. <laughs> well, thank great. you. Really brought in for landing. Cool. Well, thanks for having me, y'all. So on G-Day, no, no worries, Thomas. Thanks for sitting in, and thanks for having us. That's what we should be thanking y'all. So for G-Day, I was a little confused. I was reading up. I'd gotten some email because I'm a season ticket holder saying, like, don't bring your purses. Don't bring, you know, a seat back. I mean, I don't I don't travel with my, uh, you know, seat your purses seat or my purses. No. 
but they, they have instituted a new clear bag policy. They're going to kind of try out, but it's going to be in full effect. And they've got literal dimensions. It's almost like you're going through TSA at the airport, it sounds like. Yeah, I, that, the, the actual clear bag policy came out, what, a month and a half ago? Yeah. I glanced over because I don't ever take stuff in the stadium. Right. Uh, well, you do, My wife but. does, but uh, <laughs> so, you know, she's, I don't know what she's going to do with that. But I think the bigger thing is like you can't take, those folks that have seats, have purchased seats, where they carry seat backs in, you can only take a cushion in. And it has to be a handled cushion with no pockets, no nothing on it. It's um it's interesting. I I, I get I think I get this the is safety. SEC wide. It is. It's not a UGA thing. It is. It is SEC wide. It's a safety thing. But you know, I I do feel bad for those folks that have um that have those seat backs. Because we almost bought some this year. We almost bought seat back like the you carry with you and I'm just like I don't feel like because right. I stand up and sit down, I move around, right. whatever. So that's why I don't actually buy the seat bikes for my seats because I don't sit there half the time. I might sit no, a row up the, or down. I've but, never bought them bef- before. I use the luckily the people that sit in front of me buy them. Yeah. And sometimes they're late coming to the yeah. game, and so my kids are getting bigger. But as they were smaller, I would just let them stand on them, and slowly but surely you'd tell by the about fourth or fifth game the yeah. the I don't know the spine of the seat was kind of breaking down, um, yeah. and it but. I don't have a problem with this. Um, I'm like you. And I don't even really think my wife's going to have a problem because I'll just say, hey, go to the section of your closet with the purses that fit this dimension and choose one of those. <laughs> I think she has plenty. You know, I mean, but then again, it's got to be clear. No, you can have a small clutch. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, and Kristen I've, has a she has a clutch she takes into games is kind of her go to so so I think we've spent way too much time on that. Um, the other thing that's, that came across was the December signing period that's yeah. going to be in effect, and it sounds like it's like a done deal. Yeah, and um, Kirby was a little bit against it uh, before it had been passed, and now he's saying, "Well, we'll deal with it and and make it work." Um, and then the other thing I found interesting was the tenth full time assistant, and that will go in effect uh, next season, yes, right? In Eighteen, yes. um, and they were also talking about how. Now you're not going to be allowed to hire the high school coach of the five star recruit and bring them in. I know it's going to surprise you, but Gus Malzahn was against that the most. You know, <laughs> and Gus Malzahn swears he doesn't know anybody's ever done that. I mean, besides Mitch Mushing. But um, think how different Houston Nuts' life would have been if that rule had been in effect. You know, he'd have hired he'd have hired Malzahn. He would have never hired Malzahn. And um, you know. The whole Mitch Mustaine blow up and the best punter in the history of Southern Cal um, thing would have never happened. But, uh, you know, I intentionally don't pay that much attention to recruiting until right. right at the end. I know there are rules surrounding recruiting. I know there are rules about the number of things. I think anybody that thinks that this is going to change behaviors, um, no. I, th- I think it's going to change. It will change behaviors, but it'll change behaviors to the point where folks will try to figure out ways to game the system because they were – Coaches are good at that, and they hire they hire lawyers and more coaches to be good at that. I think the most interesting thing that came out of this is the hard twenty five rule, where it probably will look like you'll get rid of red shirt. I mean, gray shirts, blue shirts, and things like that. Which is not a terrible thing. I, I think it's, um, you know, I, I guess I, I guess I view things from a market economy standpoint. Um, you know, if you really want to play at Alabama and they're offering you a gray shirt, you take the gray shirt. If you really want to play somewhere else. If you really don't care where you play and you know you want to go right in and have a scholarship your first season, you don't go to Alabama. Right. But I do understand the the concern. Uh, the concern as far as the tenth assistant goes, you know, hey, we'll finally get a special teams coach. There we go, or something. Yeah, yeah. No more excuses. Yeah, 
Are you sure? <laughs> no, maybe, maybe some. So the final thing I wanted to touch on was um, uh, broke, I guess, last week that Yante Maton was going <clears throat> to test the waters of the NBA draft. And no yeah, agent. I was, I, was, I was glad to hear that he had not hired an agent because the things that I had read have him slotted at about 60 or 70, between 60 and 70, and that's not quite in the second round, and there are only two rounds yeah. in the NBA. So You know, I think – but I give him credit for trying it. I mean, that's uh, you know he's seen what uh, what you know he's kind of testing the waters a little bit. You know, I think the metric for for any player is that if you're going to get drafted, obviously get drafted a lottery, you go. You get drafted in the first round, you go. Guaranteed money, I want to say, is through like pick thirty four or thirty six, which is four or five picks into the second round. If you're going to be undrafted free agent you are virtually guaranteed playing in the no better than in the d-league but there's still a lot of money to be made playing in europe and israel and australia so you know i, I can't like stefan marbury over in china yeah He's but still, yeah, I mean, playing. still playing i want him to play here next year but i can't fault somebody for seriously evaluating their career options and you, i mean that do you all. not have that option in the nfl because once you're gone, you're gone. It's like Isaiah McKenzie. He could have said, like, maybe, well, he had a different issue. But Well, I don't, you know, I don't know if the NFL is the same way. I think it's just the NBA. I think it's the NBA. Maybe one of our listeners knows for yeah. certain. But I think, and I like that rule because it, it almost lets uh, you protect me. Because I have a feeling Yante Maton will be suiting up in Stegman next year. Well, in timing-wise, the thing is, is that the NBA season draft and the end of the college basketball season, the start of the college basketball season, is really conducive to them being able to do this, right? Mm-hmm. College football coaches would have a fit if you could declare for the draft in January but with the possibility of coming back in August or in June if you don't get drafted when well I guess the draft is at the end of April right or early May May. um so you know know, basketball is kind of unique and it does allow it's a short window right baseball does this too though but baseball has a you know you can't draft out of high school then your your window closes again for three years that's right um uh maybe that's what's hurting Georgia baseball there's well, guys you know, they're recruiting or getting drafted, and they're going. well. It's it's interesting. I mean, if you look at guys that have quote unquote committed that have decided to go play pro, pro baseball, that the, the list is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there there's a recruitment recruit management thing there. But we digress. Why, why didn't Terry Godwin play in baseball for Georgia? Because he was drafted. <sighs> Kirby Smart would have a fit. Mm. Have a fit. We had a couple guys. Who was it? Larry Brown played basketball and football yeah. back in the day, yeah. and then there was a baseball player. Yeah, Fred Gibson did it, right? Fred Gibson played basketball. Basketball. Um, thinking there was a baseball player. Was there? Um, eh, can't remember. So getting back to the basketball thing, it's just basketball works out. You, you're fit. The season's done, done at the end of March. Um, the NBA draft is usually, what, mid-June. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you can declare if you don't go – you you still can go back and you can be on campus, not miss class, and the whole the whole nine yards. So maybe someone should ask Lonzo Ball's father about his opinion on that. Well, I'm sure he has some opinions. <laughs> wow, wow, that's a that's a mess. I've read that um, he's got two other sons. Yeah, and they've both committed to UCLA, and they're they're basically two years apart. So um, Alford's going to get another Lonzo Ball. I guess next oh, year. Oh, we potentially could have four more years of the gift that keeps giving. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so that that kind of, that, that's, I mean, that's everything I wanted to talk about today. Yeah. You know, I think the only thing I would say is, and we talked about this a little bit, what's your favorite G-Day memory? Watching it on TV? 
<laughs> no, I, okay, so last year I went. I even made a vlog. You know what a vlog is? Yes. I made a vlog, a proper vlog about my G-Day experience. It's on my YouTube channel, yeah. Jawavi Films. And you can see my experience. That was obviously my favorite one because it was the 93K day. We had hyped it up on our podcast. Ludacris was there, even though you couldn't really hear him because the PA system really was kind of screwed up and you could kind of sort of hear him. But if y'all are interested, I will link it in our show notes page, the link to my vlog. The funniest part of the day or the funniest part of the the vlog or my memory, because I've watched it, is my now 11-year-old. He is fit to be tied because he went for a hot dog at the beginning right when we got there. And then we found him waiting in line as we were leaving. And he was livid because he didn't get to see any plays of the game and didn't even get his hot dog. And he'd been staying there for about an hour. But that's how it was last year because it was so packed out and you – you were excited to be there, and then after the kind of newness and after Ludacris played and you saw Eason throw a, Eason throw a pass, it, it felt like it was 95 degrees out there, and we were like, all right, uh, we're going to go. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the, the reason I ask is that I have um, this spectacular memory of my senior year of college going to G-Day um, and driving down Sanford Drive sure. in a, my – I would think I had my sister's car, which was a convertible VW Bug, and we were we were driving in – you know, doing what college boys do and just about ran and like ran up on somebody stopped there and like slammed on the brakes, got sideways in the VW bug and just it was a lot of fun. Was this back in the seventies? It was not back in the seventies. The VW bug was almost a vintage then. Okay. It was late, late, late eighties. Well, no, no, early nineties. It was not, it would have been 1990. I graduated. That it year. was two thousands, right? It, virtually the two thousands. <laughs> <laughs> you were virtually like was 20, virtually years 21. Old. Right. I was actually 20, virtually 22. Well, virtually, I'm going to ask you a couple of trivia questions. Okay. Um, for those, I'm going to miss them. Yeah, you, you probably will, because these were, these were kind of geared towards um, a certain special guest that we thought we might would have uh, sit in with us. But, um, you know, maybe you all will be able to figure out who the certain special guest was. Traffic issues, uh, pre-commitments, so uh, no big deal. Uh, and, and Will is in Atlanta. No, it's not Will. It's Will. not Will. <laughs> Will is our special. Will is very special. Will is special. But um, I have uh, four trivia questions for you that revolve around Georgia football. Okay. All right, so there were three 10-win seasons at UGA in the early 2000s. Yes. It was 2002, yes. 2003, uh-huh. and 2004. How many 10-win seasons have the Dogs had in total? Like, in all of okay. existence. Um, and then I have a follow-up question after that. 80, 81, 82, 84. Really I'm going to say 12. 12. Yeah. That is incorrect. You're a little low, thankfully. Okay. Uh, the answer is 22. 22? Are you serious? 10-win seasons for the dogs. Thomas, wow. you can repeat that all weekend here at Tailgate. So where does that rank nationally amongst the granddaddy of all programs? It's got to be pretty high. I mean, I, I know winning percentage-wise, we're in the top five to seven, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So so can you tell me who's number one in 10-win seasons? In 10-win seasons? Yeah. I think the number is 43. 43 10-win seasons. I'm going to say Nebraska. They are in the top 10. Okay. But it is Alabama. It is Alabama. Yeah. That would, that's almost felt like, felt like too easy a question. Georgia's ranks eighth. Okay. So in front of Georgia in 10-win seasons, and I don't know the exact number. I know Alabama's by far number one. Is uh, Oklahoma's number two? Okay. USC, number three. <laughs> that's my other guess. Uh, Michigan's number four. 
Huh. Nebraska is number five. I don't see them getting many now. I mean, that was kind of yeah, back that's in the a, days that's a, that's of Tom a big, Osborne. That's a big thing now. Uh, Ohio State, number six. Yeah. And right before Georgia is uh, Florida State. Yeah. And that's a recent addition because, you know, they didn't have much previous uh, from Bobby Bowden getting yeah. there. Georgia finishes uh, eighth, and then ninth is uh, Texas. Texas. And who's tenth? I don't know. I didn't write that down. Yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> so um, from 2000 to 2004, there were five different running backs that led the team in rushing. Okay. Can you name and match up the year of all five of those running backs in the year 2000? And Two, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a hint. Okay, this, 2000. This is going to surprise you. Okay. The year 2000, the Georgia Bulldogs rushing leader had a total of 375 yards <laughs> and two touchdowns. I have no idea who that would have been in 2000. Zero idea. Parkview High School graduate? Still no idea. War number 39? Brett Milliken. Still no idea. You don't remember Brett Milliken? I remember Milliken? Brett Milliken, yeah, but yeah. really fast. Yeah. Super fast. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, he led, the, he led the team in rushing in 2000. Um, okay, 2001. Um, let's see. It was not Musa Smith because that was two. Is that your guess for 2002? Yeah. Okay, you're right. Um, 2001 would have been Orlando Scary. Veron Haynes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Remember, he was the con- converted fullback. That yeah. Ended up, you know, I yeah. think he had 200 Hobnabu, yards yeah. against Ole Miss that year. Yeah. Okay. Something. Um, Musa right. was so two. Musa was two. He had 1,324 yards. Yeah. Think about the difference that two years made from B- Brett Milliken. He basically had 1,000 yards more rushing um, yeah. than we did in 2000. Maybe that's one reason Jim Donnan got fired <laughs> at the end of 2000. Um, 2003. This is going to be a tough one for all of you internet listeners out there. Yeah. No idea. No idea. I he keep- wore number five. He was from, I think, Sylvania. Is that right? Or oh, south, um, yeah. Hold on, hold on. I, can, I know who you're talking about now. I can picture him. Screven County. Yeah. Um, or is it Screven? Screven. No, Screven. He he transferred later. Yeah. Oh gosh. The, the, in fact, uh, when has he a, has when a he weird would, nickname, right? Well, when he would get the ball, people would go, "Coop." Michael Cooper. Oh, Michael Cooper. Yeah. Now I'm thinking somebody else. He had 673 yards okay. and six touchdowns. Okay. And then in 2004, who ended up leading the team in rushing in 04 and 05? DJ Shockley. No. <laughs> I don't know. Thomas Brown. Did he really? Yep. Thomas Both Brown seasons. had 875 yards rushing and eight touchdowns in 2004. Man, I've had three kids since then. I know. I know. All right. So this was uh, kind of geared toward our uh, guest, uh, Shannon Mitchell has the most receptions in a game yes for georgia he had 15 versus florida in 1993 do you remember that i i do remember was that, that. the rain uh game? that would have been 90 maybe that it was 94 uh, yeah i don't remember what year it was okay but yeah he had a uh, 15 so who has the second most receptions ever in a game in what year and what game it was a very significant game he had 13 receptions the year was 2003? Two. Two. Okay. Would have been Fred Gibson? No. Okay. No idea. War number 25? I don't remember who 25 was now. I'm telling you, I've had three kids since then. Michael Johnson. Oh, was that against Auburn? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. okay. Um, so 52 is the record for the most games started. This is the last trivia yeah. question. 52 is the record for most games started in UGA history. Right. Can you name the top two who are tied? And I'm going to give you a caveat. It's starting a quarterback. 
the the record actually is one higher than that, but that was a kicker. Okay. So give me the two that lead the team in uh, starts, starts and then the kicker. Aaron Murray uh-huh. and David Green. That's correct. And the kicker would have to be Billy Bennett. No. It's not? Cannon Parkman? No. <laughs> Wincop. Blair See, Walsh. Yeah, no, I'm just playing. Okay, yeah. Blair Walsh, yeah. So, and he's not in uh, the NFL anymore because of that kick he tried against. He's not? No play. one's giving him a look? I don't think so. The last, the last time I remember seeing him was uh, missing a 20-yard field goal for the Vikings in the playoffs. The last time I saw him was on uh, the league. I'm sure he's fine, though. So, right I'm, yeah, probably turned sure out okay. Fine, so so, so. That, that, that's all I got on the trivia. Unless you have something or anything like that, that's going to – that's pretty much going to do it. Well, just so uh, just so everyone doesn't think it's Aaron Murray or Michael Cooper that's coming that was supposed to come. Uh, we were going to have David Green. Unfortunately, couldn't be here. But come back to tailgate, see David Green this weekend, um, and we tell appreciate. Him we said hello. Tell him. Tell him we said hey, and we do appreciate the uh, hospitality that tailgate has shown us here these past few weeks. It's been fun. It's been uh, it's been good to get out here and do this. And I'm looking forward to watching Sunday afternoon, especially since I'll still be on West Coast time. Is dedicated to doing whatever my wife oh, says replay. to do. Yeah, but I'm so what watch happens if I tweet about it or I put this podcast up and you find out about the score of the G Day? Oh, game? I'm leaving a bad review. Okay. Yeah, let's be clear. I'm leaving a bad review. <laughs> no, it's going to be. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch parts of it and and figure out what it is. So All I right. can't wait. Okay. Well, uh, I think there's only other one other thing we have to do. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Oh, you got to do a better job. That doesn't even sound excited. Here, jump up here. Tom, I'll do that. In unison. Take your time. Take your time. Come on. All right. On three. One. Go dogs. Two. <laughs> Walker. You'll need some instructions on this. All right. You're going you're gonna to hear those guys. Go at dogs. The, Oh my goodness! This is this might get cut. It might not, but it might get cut. You're going to hear those two uh, screaming uh, on Saturday at two o'clock. So, uh, so yeah, we'll end that on a. Tom, you go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. That was a whole lot better. And thanks so much for listening. It's good to be back. So you can find us on social media. How about that? You can communicate with us any way you would like. It's pretty easy. Everything is the handle at WSLS Podcast. Twitter, Instagram, even Facebook. It's all the same handle. Should you be tuning us in on iTunes, the three of us would love it if you would take a couple of minutes and leave us a rating and review. They mean a great deal to how our podcast is ranked and discovered and a bunch of other algorithmic type things that Google or Apple does. So um, anyway, that's it for today. Enjoy the rest of your week. Make sure to stop into Tailgate Georgia before or after you head to the G-Day game this weekend, and hopefully we'll see you on campus very soon. As always, go dogs. <laughs>